0: Okay. <laughs> all Here. right welcome back to the sweet shots podcast live from saint andrew's room at sweet shots fargo north dakota uh this episode's a big episode for a myriad of reasons that's a vocab word look it up at home um first one we're recording so youtube's actually going to have some videos you can look at our mean mugs uh as we talk so video recording video I mean, recording yeah recorded the audio before. obviously Yes, audio recording. Now we get the video along with it, and then the uh, the biggest part of the podcast we've got Tom Hoagie in the in the room today. Uh, Tom's a, a recent PGA Tour winner from Fargo, Fargo South High grad, right? Yep, Bruins. I was a Bruin for a short period of time every winter for <laughs> three years. You got to check hockey. that box. Check right? that box. I think I I earned a Fargo South letter. You for so hockey.
1: This is. We'll get to time here a little bit, but let's talk about you, <laughs> Lucas. You have a letter you want a you want a letter for Morehead High. Yep, varsity for, letter for golf. Yep. A letter at Shanley for varsity golf. Mm-hmm. And a letter at and Fargo South. South. Timeout. Wow. Yep. How yeah. did you get a letter for Morehead High? Okay. I
0: played I played uh a varsity golf two varsity golf means for Morehead High. As an eighth, grader. In eighth
2: grade. Oh, while well, you're at St. Joe's. Yep. I'm following. Yep. Anyways, we okay. It would have been
0: there. it would have been three tournaments, but uh a couple. Of, well, my parents didn't want me uh, playing in a tournament over a school retreat, so I made the top team, and mm-hmm. they told me I couldn't go. That's yeah, so. poor parenting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, yeah. So uh, Fargo, Fargo South grad. It's great to have you in here, Tom. Thanks for taking time to to get in into it with us. But uh, I know we were kind of joking beforehand. Um, the our whole little niche being the DraftKings. Um, fantasy golf last week, or I guess two weeks ago now was, was our attempt to put a twist on the traditional draft games where you draft your six guys and then it works kind of fantasy football as they get points, yep. um, based on the amount of birdies and it's et cetera. Um, and two weeks ago we tried our best to have the worst ball team hmm. where you want the lowest well, possible score.
2: Yeah. And, and Mark, I, I introduced Mark to DFS golf couple years ago and he has a knack for picking the worst teams but now paper, now is
3: this costing you money still to do
2: yeah yeah we throw it but we do <laughs> hey, if you guys if you guys want to do this in the
3: future i'll be glad to uh, host <laughs> host this worst worst of all team yeah yeah
0: that's <laughs> the smartest yeah. play. but we do low like a quarter yeah right quarter but mark dime.
1: yeah
2: mark had a you had a month run of you couldn't have picked worst team
1: If you tried to, it was like I had done research in their personal lives. You know, Kuchar's got a bad elbow; he's on my team. Yeah, and then he withdraws. (laughs) I mean, if you can pick the team, the guys maybe having some off-field issues. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, if you find out, perhaps there's a chance the flight gets canceled from wherever he's coming from. Now, though, you do a deep dive on stats or or research. Yeah. um, You know, it's elite level stuff. I was doing. Being able to manage, picking, and you had to spend your entire. Uh, the
0: entire 50,000 or whatever your budget is. Yep, your your okay. budget. Your bank yeah, that budget. was the rule. You had, you had to do it. So, But you're making it sound like you were trying to do that. At, no. at the conception of this event, this worst ball, you were not trying to do that.
1: I was not. No, I was, I was trying, trying to, to win these the events. best yeah. team I could. <laughs> and I had a knack. I had a long stretch of finishing near the bottom. Yes, so you did. I changed my approach. Yep.
0: Yeah. And now you're more in the middle. Than the bottom.
1: Yep. Are we going over last week's, or are we going to actually let Tom talk because he's here to talk?
0: Either way, let's let's
1: rip through this real quick. So DraftKings. So I'm just going to throw it out there. So I had two teams last. The team that we really tried on. Yep. And then the team that uh, worst ball, worst ball. Ball. Yep. And all five of my players, worst ball, made the cut. So did mine. (laughs) (laughs) They did. (laughs) Well, I've got to say, you know, I've done a few podcasts.
3: People ask me how to pick the teams and whatnot and i really don't know how you would pick golf to be honest with you mm-hmm. i mean so much goes into it i feel like that the common people would have no idea what's going on you know yeah. for me i saw i was one of the pre-tournament favorites last week at sea island and um the weather's been terrible in dallas um there wasn't a lot of practice uh leading up mm-hmm. to it so uh not to say that it was expected to miss the cup but i knew that it was going to be challenging to have a good week those weeks so sure. there's just a lot of stuff that uh people really don't know what's going on and um i think golf's crazy hard to bet on that's well,
2: that a great is, point that's
0: a great point
3: those variables all,
2: so all of we a sudden
0: now get... we got to add another variable yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the weather like in the hometown yeah, where <laughs> yeah, where he's been living <laughs> yeah I hadn't thought of that
1: that's that hasn't been on any of your analytics no i don't <laughs> have <laughs> that one i'll add that one <laughs> so
2: how about the wrinkle we threw out last week two weeks ago where I threw to these guys, if we were to play, and it was Houston was the event? Is that where Yeah, we, what about we, yep. Houston? Yep. If yes. the three of us played scramble format that week. That week. Tournament setup. Tournament setup. Could we make the cut was my question to these guys. Could we have made the cut? And then let's assume we did make the cut. Where are we finishing? LJ, you were pretty confident we could make the
0: cut. I feel like you could make the cut. Scramble. Just with our with our talent. Three of us. I know two saying. of you.
3: What's your, what's your game like? <laughs> um, <I'm> sh- <laughs> My short game's really good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's the first putter. You know, yeah. you throw him out there. I'm giving
0: him a line.
3: It's hard to say. You know, there's courses like last week, I would say you'd make the cut no problems. A shorter golf course. Um mm-hmm. You could hang in there pretty well in a scramble when the scoring's not real low. Um hmm tournament like vegas you know we play and it's some years the cut's been six seven under par yeah. um
1: yeah we'd have to pick and choose uh, our course. it would be
3: it would be yeah exactly
2: <laughs> well, you know, smart and to me it just it just shows how how well players like yourself come are i mean this is elite level this is such a different level because lj i play with you
3: you're a really good golfer
2: but to think that we'd have to do scramble the three of us and we might not even make the cut it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's how, how well you guys Yeah, are doing. and
3: it, more so it's just the setups and stuff that you know you're not used to seeing sure. everyday play and um you hit some shots and you get in some spots that you're just trying to get out there with a bogey just because mm-hmm. uh it's so severe on the screens. Now, in a scramble, I mean you'd you'd avoid those situations for sure. So that's where it's a little bit hard to uh to gauge. But um it's always been interesting. You know, I've always thought, you know, a US Open or something like that, they've gotta let kind of a similar situation. We always said like a group of eight to ten handicappers come out and play a scramble for just, yes. just just for see. tv it would be yes. awesome and that's what we
1: talked about Mark brought it up be fantastic Each they, used tour. To,
3: they used to do that where they had kind of i remember they did at Tory pines the one year you remember that uh i think it was the monday before or after the u.s open they brought out kind of a few different groups and see what they would shoot but i think it'd be fascinating to watch it would be, be
0: fantastic TV. i think you you would silence a lot of haters out there for sure just just i mean it's people like couch couch cushion especially on parties.
3: weeks that they get real firm and fast yeah. um long rough you know bay hill we play and it's i mean it's brutal out there you know you're setting your putter down on dormant bermuda greens that uh the putters you know there's no frictions the putters, putters kind of sliding, sliding around behind the ball and um Ow. you're living right on the edge so that's where i'd like i would just love to watch a eight handicapper and see what they would do in, in some of those spots
0: that was we, we got the opportunity to play bay hill was that two years ago Now two years ago um, for sure, not the same conditions you guys played it in, but it was just kind of funny because I was coming on. I was probably at that time a senior at NDSU, so a Division one program. We get down there. Granted, I probably didn't look the best because I think we stayed up till like four thirty <laughs> in the morning the night before. You, Bob, by and and Bryce, and uh, we get there and they give you the four caddy, and he asks you, "Where do you where do you guys want to play? What what teas your plan I say, "Oh, I think I'm going to go back." I don't know if they're green teas or whatever it is, the tips. He's like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Usually that's scratch players. It's kind of the better players. Like, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I'll be okay. <laughs> so for some reason, I just didn't look like I could do it. I ended up birdie in the first hole, and then he, he felt better about it.
1: Yeah, he was He was uh, somewhat impressed that somebody from North Dakota yeah. come out of the snowbanks, right of the and, snow sword, and he birdied 18. You had a few birdies that day.
0: I did. I had. We can forget about yeah, the large numbers on the other holes. I think but. that's
1: where I sent you the picture. Your your name. You do you share a locker with? Because in the members' locker room at Bay Hill, mm-hmm. the tour players, when it's your week to play, you just go in and take over the locker room. Yep. Right. Yep. It probably happens at a lot of places. Yep. Everywhere. But do you share? Is. Is there a locker with Andy Anderson's name on it there? Remember I... Do you remember? I I don't remember that. You probably get a lot of stuff sent to you, but your name was on the locker, and I think right next to... There's a member, Andy Anderson, which... Legendary. Legendary Fargo Country Club member, Andy Anderson. So anyways, but...
0: Those are Bay Hill stories, but that was a good... I mean, having experienced... Not getting to experience Bermuda up here, and going down and, and playing on the dormant Bermuda, even yeah. in, in some of the college events. I forget, we played in Florida Golf Coast event uh, down there my junior year. And that was, it's so different from what, even if you're traveling around, it's so different. Bermuda is just a yeah. special. That's my question for Tom. And yeah. no, we just
1: go got off a. I was down and for Lucas playing in the National Assistance Championship. And the Bermuda was something obviously we don't experience at how how do you handle the different grasses has it helped being out there a little while so now okay i know this grass in california i know this grass in texas it has was it an adjustment how much was the turf a deal it,
3: it wasn't a lot for me um, uh, professional golf because you know it was something that I, I never really thought of as i was picking a college to go to but you know being at tcu um i learned how to play on bermuda grass there and obviously grew up here in here on bent grass and poana so i kind of knew those as well so i really had enough time before i got out there that it wasn't much of an issue for me um and i don't know I, i've adjusted pretty well as we've gone week to week and not really had to think about it a whole lot but um it, it is a big adjustment i remember the first you know couple months down in texas on that grainy bermuda grass down there when i first got down to tcu and you know you'd read pus to break right and they'd break Complete opposite direction, the same amount. So it was a big adjustment, but um, luckily it was something I went through pretty early on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Our biggest deal down there was out of the rough, and I told you beforehand I hit my driver terribly. <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of time in the rough, and I mean you're just guessing out of there from a kid coming out of snow banks and in the back yeah. grass. I mean it was like I don't know the highlight of our round that uh, Saturday or Friday was was hey, let's club down because we're sick of seeing these things go over the <laughs> green.
1: We, we had done the math. We did the hard math. Everything. we in, you know, like Florida 20-mile-an-hour 20, 20 stiff yep. breeze. 128, we're in the rough, and we do the math, and it's like, okay. Here's the shot. Here's the shot. Here's what you – and you're like, okay, let's hit this. I said, timeout. I'm tired of seeing the ball going over the green. <laughs> <laughs> let's take one club less, yeah. see what That's happens. Great. That's a great idea. This thing's flagged. It is all over it. Might have been like my
0: best get, wedge swing of the get day. Get down,
1: over. <laughs> <We> still <laughs> over. Still went over.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean job. that was. Uh, I, I guess we didn't. It's get golf. Much. It's golf. Plus, Absolutely. on top of that, coming out of the snow banks, and then with what happened here the week before, there wasn't much practicing going on. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. I think it might have been your easiest caddy job you've ever had. So in caddies, your life.
1: The, the players had to ride clubs, had to be on the cart. Caddies were not allowed to ride.
0: It was the so weirdest
1: <laughs> setup for a caddy. Like, they encouraged caddies.
0: <laughs> but you were but at just jogging same time, along the cart? Yeah. He didn't even jog. Well, he'd just walk. He'd saunter up the fairway. And it's so like you're waiting know. on your caddy. Yeah. And the worst part was we were on the clock for half our round the first <laughs> day, <laughs> dragging <laughs> <Yeah>. caddies around. <laughs> it I mean, kind of it backfired
1: just... on him, I think, a little bit for pay supply play. Yeah.
0: We would talk. Everyone that I talked to, they were like, this is the dumbest situation. Because it was like the only tournament guys would go to and they forced you to take a cart. Yeah. And it was just a weird weird scenario but yeah you are you were about 20% on divots filled sand seed i was sometimes i was there sometimes wash. i wasn't <laughs> yeah.
1: i had a wet towel but and he's hopping on his car it was very awkward yeah, so well, i was i found i was half spectator you said it was the perfect like high school parent opportunity like you yeah, yeah. you're watching the golf and you're also you get being to, able to give some advice you
0: can give some advice but if you're not there all the time breathing down the kid's neck bizarre. you're just you happen to if you catch up with them on one hole, you're like, hey, how about you think about this?
1: What <laughs> so the random question what's your what's the craziest caddy situation you've ever either experienced yourself out on a tour or you've seen? Anything yeah pop into your head? Mm. Caddies and shenanigans or <laughs> I don't know if there's anything I've seen directly. There's a there's a
3: caddy out there that's a legend, D. Rawls is his name. And um he needs to have his own TV show or radio show because the stories he's got are legendary. He used to always stay with my caddy that I have now, but, um, you know, he had a few comments, you know, hey, Henry, what's the number for 1-800-Flowers? And uh, they saw a commercial for for Jurassic Park at one point, and he had to ask if dinosaurs are still real. So oh, just geez. just to set the <laughs> stage a little bit, but um, <laughs> one of his legendary stories that makes the rounds out there is they're playing at uh, Quad Cities, John Deere. 16th hole is a par three there, uh, 150, 160 yards. And his his player, uh, I think it was Steve Marino at the time, asked him what, what direction the wind's blowing. And he goes, look, you idiot. Look at the water down there, straight downwind. Oh, geez. Well, it's it's a river.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a river. Oh, no. So they flagged it, c- came up short. It was into the wind. <laughs> it was into the wind. <laughs> oh no! But uh, he's got a number of those stories uh, that are out there. Uh, you know, the 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 standard caddy deal is ten percent if you win. So one of the years he was caddying for a player that was leading at Pebble Beach, going to the back nine, and they're walking on the fairway. And he goes. What's 10% of $600,000? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh Did, not, did yeah. not hang on to that win. Yeah, so. that's good. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, you, you mentioned that's... Pebble, and I tell you that w- watching that event, uh, for listeners that didn't maybe have a chance to watch or know, it, I think you mentioned as you introduced, Tom, that you're a winner on the PGA Tour. Not only did you win on the Tour, but you won it. If you're not going to win a major – I mean, if you win at Pebble, that's got to be—it's yeah, right up there, yeah. and it's one of those events. Just the timing with folks in the northern part of the country—I, I'm always tuned in to what's going on at at Pebble, um, that tournament. Can you just—I have a number of questions for you about that tournament. Are we okay? We're off script. Oh yeah, okay, go for it. But can you can you just talk touch on what winning at Pebble means? I mean, was there a period of time where it it took to really sink in, or did you know what you were, what was going on at yeah, you know I mean, I mean
3: yeah. look, I certainly would have taken a win anywhere at this yeah. point. You know, I've been on tour for eight years, and um, I certainly appreciate how hard it is to win because it hadn't won there, hadn't won in the Corn Ferry Tour. So if I would have won Puerto Rico or one of these opposite field events, I would have been thrilled still. But um, it's been cool. You know, as friends and stuff, have taken trips back there over the summer and whatnot. They've got a shadow box uh, from some stuff from my win. Um, and just seeing all the pictures and everything, you know, it's pretty I hate pretty to cool.
0: interrupt that real quick. So you said shadow box was stuff from your win. Because we saw that at PGA Golf Club when we were down there. They had shadow boxes from the champions. Did you actually give them stuff from the rounds you played?
3: I gave them a wedge um, that was in my bag at the time, I mm-hmm. think. And I also gave them a shirt that I was wearing on Sunday. Okay. um so that's in there I, I signed a few things there's a fedora in there that i did not wear um along the way to the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife always <laughs>, laughs about that one she's like man I will, you should try that hat out more often but
0: uh <laughs> it could be your signature look now you're <laughs> sabatini that's <laughs> your guy
1: the slovakian yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. um uh, i sorry to interrupt but we were but we, we were, were curious
1: about like yeah they had stuff from the pga championships and there's like, are guys really giving them the wedge that they played with? Wouldn't you want to keep that wedge in the, in the bag?
3: I mean, I switch uh 60 degree wedges probably every six weeks to two months. So, okay. Um, right. That makes sense. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, going back to it, you know, Pebble beach was a spot that to be honest, I never really liked playing my first few years on tour. Um, I kind of always struggled there. The weather was a little bit iffy most of the time. And um I would say it was the Pebble Pebble Beach US Open. That would have been 2019, maybe where I we kinda went into that and I was looking at it more. I'm like, this this course really should fit my game a lot more than the results that I've had to this to this point. Um and it kind of changed things for me. And and we actually took a trip out there with my dad and brother and wife to play um last summer before I won. It was kind of funny. I had a similar deal. I tried to play the back tees there as well, and uh, they didn't really want to let me do that. No way. <laughs> there were a few com- <laughs> caddies making some comments about me walking all the way back on nine and a few of the holes of the U.S. Open tees, but um, just a cool place, and um, you know to always be able to go back there and and share those memories will be pretty cool. Yeah, that's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, so the the final nine there and the in the shots that you have to hit. Actually, it probably starts earlier than that. Um, I don't, I, number 7 we use number 7 here and uh, we have a whole in one contest it's a it's a progressive pot yep. that someone's going to make this on 7 that shot on 7 that week the weather is probably pretty decent but it's an 87 yep. yard shot roughly downhill right yep can that can that actually get scary that shot or not? I mean, have you played it under conditions? I've
3: never oh, played it when it's been too bad. I mean, most of the time I've been there, it's been downwind or across. You know, they, there's all the legendary stories hitting six irons right, and stuff right, there that are right. pretty cool. That um, I don't know. I, I want to experience
1: that, but yet I don't. I don't know <laughs> if I want to be on Pitbull Beach on a day like that. But that golf course that day, when you were playing, like eight, and all of a sudden, you, you got to really... Play some golf, eight, nine, ten. That's, that's it's an stretch. interesting
3: golf course for people that haven't been there because the first seven holes in nice weather are super easy and you should be three or four under through seven. Um, and then you, I mean, eight through 11, eight through 10 is just a brutal stretch there. You just try to hang on and then it's pretty tough coming in. But, um, you know, I'd been in contention enough, I got off to a bit of a slow start there. I think I was one under par through seven. I made a double bogey on the fifth hole and then I bogeyed eight as well. and I mean, usually if you're right there and you're even par through eight, you're kind of getting lapped at that point. So I really didn't think I had much of a chance, to be honest with you. And I looked up, uh, I think it was walking down nine, and saw a leaderboard that's only one back. So it was almost like a little bit of new life that I was still in there to a certain extent. And then I played really well the whole way in. But um, it takes you a little while in some of those rounds to kind of settle in and whatnot, and I
1: was fortunate that I was still in the ball game at that point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And winning is, you mentioned it, winning is not easy and really – pin-pun, it doesn't matter what level. You need some things to go your way. You know, you can't control what the what what the other players are doing. Sometimes you need a break. Did you get a break that day where it's like, hmm, boy, okay, I'm glad I got that bounce, or while wow, that putt I didn't think was falling. Was was that part of the win or was well, it?
3: Well it wasn't a break um in the traditional sense, but I hit a good shot on 14, I was playing into the wind with a wedge and I had about twenty feet and it was a straight in putt right down the hill um so just get it online i made it um which is a big one and you know you look at spots in the past where you've where you've been in contention you've hit a good shot and you'll have a double breaker or something from eight feet and just harder putts so so i was fortunate there um and i was one back at that point maybe two back but i went to 16 hit a great iron shot that was within a a foot yeah that was awesome but but i look at that and you're like you know if you've got six seven feet those can be tough putts to shake in there when you're trying to tie the lead so it was nice to have a kick in there and then um stepped up on 17 t and i watched jordan miss a short putt i don't know if that was for birdie or par at the time but um it was a perfect seven iron number for me the wind was pretty much straight off the right um and i knew as long as i just kept it anywhere left of the hole I was gonna be fine it was gonna fly the bunkers and be short you know it was just a real comfortable number that i had so little stuff like that that you know you don't you don't have to try to fit a shot in there or anything um stuff gets a little bit easier when it's your time like you said yeah yeah
0: how much are you are you like working a ball like when you get over a shot are you trying to hit like a a hook necessarily or is it more just i'm I'm going to pick a spot and hit it to that spot and and i guess yeah how much do you work a ball um
3: a lot of that it would have to do with yardages and stuff you know if you've got a comfortable shot like 17 um Pretty much just trying to hit a straight shot, fly at yeah. a certain number, um, and not worrying about that much. But I would say conditions dictate that more than sure. anything. If you get in wind um, or if you get real firm conditions where you've got to be real specific on where you're landing the ball, that's where you might focus more in the flight. But for the most part, you know, I hit it pretty straight or a little fade, if anything, is kind of my go-to shot. And I stick to that primarily all the time unless a shot really calls for a, for a draw or I need to fit it with a certain number to, to get a little extra out of it.
2: Well, and Mark touched on it with the DFS world, stats, there's stats available out there. And one stat is obviously stroke screen to uh, tee to green or off the tee, you're one of the leaders in uh, uh, approach, stroke screen approach. You're, you might be top 10 in that yep. in the PGA. And that's obviously a strength of yours. And when we, us knuckleheads, come together and we start looking at course shape setups and you go, okay, who are those stroke screen leaders? Your name's always up towards the top there. Yeah, obviously the, how how often are you working on that iron game is that a focus is that a, something you've done since a young age or as you become a pro 150 in what how often? yeah are it's, you...
3: it's always been a strength of mine i would say okay. um and you know distance control i think is the biggest thing when i think of strokes gain approach and that's always something that's come pretty natural to me and i mm-hmm. think that you know growing up in the wind here being in the wind in texas and learning to control ball flight more than anything has really helped me and um you know I'm never going to be one of the guys that leads off the tee just cuz distance is such a big deal in that stat. Um so I've got to make up for it in other areas and um that's kind of where I can gain a little edge in the rest of the field. Yeah, and you have
1: Yeah. Yeah, we we Chuck does he does deep dive into the, in the a- analytics um and it is amazing some of those trends on different courses. Yeah. what tends to you know, separate players on a golf course, whether it's yeah. strokes, gains off, off the tee, or if this ends up being a putting golf course or a yeah. approach yeah. overall, sometimes obviously yeah. makes a big difference. Um, in that, uh, I had a quite, do you have another one? No, I'm up?
0: just scratching my back, my neck. So. Okay.
1: Um, you you thinking we have to raise hand now yeah, so? yeah. no, I was a classroom or. scenario. <laughs> so <laughs> I've asked you this question. We were doing a radio show. I think you were, you phoned into a radio show. We we're with Colpac. And I asked the question about, and it was early on with Scott Fawcett and Decade Golf. And I was kind of reading all about yep. Fawcett. I don't know, maybe you know Scott or did you I don't know of, him personally. Okay. No, I know Okay. decade. Yep. So you start talking proximity to a whole short sighting yourself, bogey mm-hmm. avoidance, all this stuff. And I think I asked you a question about, um, you know, and it might have been maybe after a, a couple tournaments where, you know, maybe you missed a green and, and, you know, on the surface from my couch, it looked like, well, why didn't you just throw it to the right of the hole and take a two putt there? <laughs> and you answered the question, I said, you know, you ever get concerned about short siding yourself? And you said, I'm a better chip. I I have more faith that I'm going to get up and down from short side than I am a, a leg putter. Do you remember saying that? <laughs> oh yeah. Is that how you,
0: you <laughs> truly feel that way?
1: You'd rather. In the right spots. I mean, yeah. there's
3: there are spots where you can be aggressive and and short size yourself and you're going to have an uphill chip and, and be totally fine. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that knowing these golf courses well has helped with, but, um, yeah, I would say I I don't practice leg putting that often, and I'm not a very good leg putter when the stats come <laughs> down to it. So, all right, duly noted. Tom I love. I just love every play. It was it was, it was a bit rough at the British Open this year. Wow. Uh, I had a lot of three putts there, so uh, that'll need
1: a little more time leading into the British Open this next year. But um, but when your irons game when your iron game is good, is that and good? You're, yeah, you're, you're that good, and your proximity to hole is that good. You probably don't find yourself yeah leg having to leg put a lot.
3: Yeah, when I'm hitting it well, I really don't. And um, But with that, I would say, you know, if you look at over the course of this last season where I've played a lot better, um, a tournament like Palm Springs stands out where I finished second. Seemed like dang near every hole I hit it to 20 feet or 25 feet in that mm-hmm. tournament. I didn't really hit it close a lot, but I just probably had 14 or 15 putts from 20 to 25 feet for the tournament every every day, and um, it's hard to screw that up. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's something, I mean, being able to to grow up kind of on your tail end time at Fargo Country Club because you were there '05 is when you got there. So getting to grow up, watching you practice around there, 2 around part three course and whatever, but you've always been a fantastic ball striker. And walking down the range at Fargo Country Club, you know Tom's on the range. It's a different can, sound. It's a different sound. Yeah. And yeah. I used to be a range rat where it was like I'd spend – Hours on the range and then 15 minutes on the putting green hitting yep. five foot putts because who needs to practice that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but I remember there was a turning point when you were, you, you were back and practicing and you were on the range. And we were walking on down. tour, he had been yep. out yep. on tour. You were on a few tour, years. you came back and you were out on the range and we were walking out just to come say hi. And then I remember you had your driver out, and that's like my favorite club in my bag ever. And so I would hit driver for two hours anyway. And you're hitting driver, hitting driver, and it sounds great, but it wasn't up to your standards. You say, well, that's not going well today, and you put it back, and you walked over to the putting green after talking with us for a little bit. And I thought that was the most amazing thing ever. I was like, this guy's on tour. He had some success on tour, and he just put his driver away after hitting three balls that he didn't think were that good. Mm -hmm. I was like, that changed my mindset, and that's like, it just doesn't have to be perfect.
3: Yeah, I mean... I kind of joke, Scott Hamilton's my swing coach now, and I always ask him, I'm like, am I the worst range player you've ever seen? Because uh, I, <laughs> I still am about the worst driver of the ball you've ever seen in the range, but um, <laughs> I don't put a lot of stock into that usually. I yeah. kind of wait and see what I do on the golf course. And, you know, it's funny. I'll talk to people uh, early in the week, different people looking for place bets and asking how the golf game is. And I'm always like, well, we'll, we'll find out come Thursday because uh, <laughs> it's kind of a different game come Thursday right. to see where we're at.
0: It is different. I mean, once you set foot on a golf course, like playing wise, and I've found that personally, whereas like, and people joke about it too, where it's usually a bad range session means a good, yeah. a good round and vice versa. But it is different. I mean, I've had days where it was like, I swear that I was playing a cut on the range and all of a sudden I feel more comfortable on the course hitting a draw. It just is what it is. And then you go out and, and you shoot a couple under and it's like, okay, that, that felt pretty good. What did I do? I have no idea. It just found a way to It was
3: it was old. funny this year in Vegas a couple months ago. Um I felt like I was hitting it terrible to be honest with you Tuesday and Wednesday and I think it was Wednesday after the pro am I had Titleist reps build a new driver and everything. Hmm. Um and it took a little while so I didn't hit it all before we played it Thursday and I shot 63 on Thursday. Wow. I don't know if I missed a fairway. Wow. I still haven't hit that driver yet. I've got it got it at home, but um <laughs> But, yeah, like you said, you know, stuff's just different come Thursday. You know, for me, it's focus, it's rhythm of kind of getting yeah. in the rounds, and um, right. it's kind of a wait and see to see what we got. Yeah.
0: You it's mentioned t- Vegas. I'm not to step nope, on your toes ahead. here, Don't. but with Vegas, and we recently made a trip down to Vegas, no golf. Um, but it brings up the point because there's hardly any hockey. Hardly any. there's bad hockey there is what we bad. watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it brings up a point, I remember, I think the quote came from uh, Jordan Spieth after your win at Pebble Beach, and he mentioned something along, someone asked him, you know, at what point did you think Tom was going was gonna to close it out? And he said, um, once, once you'd gotten the lead, something along, I'm paraphrasing at this point, but something along the lines of once you'd gotten the lead, you knew you were gonna win, he knew you were going to win because you were going to end up playing a little more aggressive because that's how you played at the craps table and uh is this true is that tr- is that is close that to what yes? he said have you you've I heard i don't know this. if you've heard that you've he, heard
3: he's that. had a quote before you know so
2: i like this
3: it went back a long ways before it kind of went back to 2018 when um i almost won in hawaii doug oh, ferguson right. doug yeah, ferguson's right. an ap writer and he had asked me he's like you know he's like we had asked jordan you know because there was stories that i kind of we played craps together at john deere and whatnot and um same thing. I was I was leading then. Jordan said, "Oh, he'll close it out because he saw the way that I play craps." But um, yeah, I mean, it's a great compliment. But uh, I don't know how related they are. But <laughs> but, but uh, well, yeah,
1: we'll get into craps in a little bit yeah, because yeah, that was, was
2: one of my questions uh-oh. too. Okay, talking yeah, systems, was, but anyways, <laughs> oh boy. So I got a question: Is there certain players that you enjoy? Like if I'm paired with so and so, I'm
3: it's going to be a good day. I get asked this a lot, and uh, I would say yes, and I completely draw a blank without having a list of guys in sure. front of me to, no to know who it would be. But um, generally, I would just say I enjoy playing with uh, faster players. Yeah. Um, just because you get in a good rhythm, and away you go. But uh, yeah. okay. I've got to where I've played with so many guys now out there a lot that uh, not a lot of difference, I would say. Okay.
0: How about How about the – I, I remember just looking at the picture at Fire Country Club bedroom, but you, you did get to play with Tiger Woods. And that um, I forget where that was. was well, I first
3: played uh, 2015 Kobe at Wynn. was my rookie year on tour. And then um, we played. It was the day that Kobe died, actually, um, right before COVID hit, oh, at Torrey yeah. Pines on the Sunday. And then we played once more on the Sunday at the PGA Championship uh, during COVID. So three times now. It's pretty cool. Every one of them uh, – you know they're incredible days.
0: Yeah, and and that's I mean talk about getting to play with him your rookie year. I mean nerves, right? Obviously that's got to be something that you got to take into consideration. With he always draws a crowd wherever he's going. Um, I mean that's got to be a factor, right? When you're playing, yeah, or do for you sure. Just block that out.
3: I mean not just nerves, but just I mean pretty much every emotion you can think of. You know I was fired up to play with him. I was we were tied for the lead on Saturday uh, to start the day. It was our last tournament for the playoffs, and I was like 132nd or so, so I needed a good week to get in the playoffs. Um, And looking back, it was probably not a very good pairing for me to make those playoffs, but it was probably the best thing that happened to me for my career just to handle that situation. But, uh, you know, I hit two good shots in the first hole. and had about four feet for birdie from above the hole there, and those are really fast Bermuda Greens there at at, uh, Sedgefield. And Tiger made about a 15-footer for birdie right ahead of me, and the crowd's going nuts and everything. And I've got a little downhill, you know, outside the hole putt, um, and I got over it, and just, you know, the excitement, anxiousness, I mean, everything, I mean, it was like you could hardly get to, get your body still to putt that thing, and I uh, <laughs> I hit a little leg putt down there from four feet just to try to keep it close, <laughs> and uh, away we went, but, um, you know, what, that round, it took me probably six or seven holes to really settle into it and feel mm-hmm. like I was feeling well, just kind of get all that get all that emotion out of your body but um when i played with him at tory pines it's kind of a similar deal i hit it down the fairway and kind of a lot of those same feelings stand over the iron shot just a lot going on um but but luckily there i was able to kind of settle into it right after the first hole um and i noticed early on that round how slow tiger was moving how slow he was walking doing everything real deliberately to kind of find his rhythm. And I just tried to match his pace the whole way and um, it worked pretty well there.
0: It is impressive. You're not the only one just through interviews that we've watched, but just the way that Tiger's has influenced the game, you watch how he plays a hole. Um, We've talked about it. That's how he won his Masters was he was just so methodical in plotting his way around the golf course. He wasn't overpowering it. Um, And for guys to... To emulate that and to to go back and and be like you know that's what the greatest arguably we had that debate last time too arguably the greatest player that's how he does it I mean it's got to be awesome to witness up front
1: yeah to, to, to do the, it the circus though that's going on out in the gallery people running
3: yeah you know. it's crazy here's some wild stuff out there and you just I mean you feel for the guy that that's what he goes through every day of his life but right, right. Um, but he's awesome to play with you know he's you talk to him a bunch and uh he's also great that he'll let you go first you know if it's close just to hit before everybody's really going crazy around the greens and mm-hmm. um he's easy to play with so i enjoy it
0: oh that's cool yeah, that's nice that's uh, i mean not to pivot too far because we'll come back but he his first tournament back this year is the next tournament december 1st the hero world yep. challenge so this is his first time playing yeah he hosts so, it yep and it's is that I'm an event sure. you're in tom
3: I'm actually playing the pro-am for that. So just the Wednesday pro-am. Um, it's only a, I think it's a 16 or 18 man field kind of off the world ranking. So I didn't quite yeah. get in that one, but okay. um, I'll be down there for a couple days and hopefully see all the guys.
0: That's Bahamas, right? Yeah. Nice it's about little, to go to. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> so,
1: I have so many questions. President's Cup, not, not getting no on way. that, on that team. I mean, how does that, does that sting? Does that? What's your thought? What's your take on that? You feel like you should have been on the team? You wanted yeah, to be on the team? I, I do. Imagine? Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, probably pretty much everything. It stings. Um, it's motivating. Um, yeah. I don't know. I felt like I, I felt like I didn't really have a good. I was I was on the outside looking in for sure to start off that week, and then Will Zalatoris got hurt um, and made it known that he couldn't play the the Presidents Cup because I felt like things were pretty well set with the twelve that they had top twelve guys, and I was thirteenth at the time of the points list. Hmm. And, um, you know, you could certainly make a case Aaron Wise was playing well at the time. Um, He had played well at Quail Hollow in the past, almost won. Uh, J.T. Poston had a really strong second half of the summer. Um, He's from North Carolina where the President's Cup was played. There were a lot of guys that I felt like were kind of vying for that last spot. It felt almost like a qualifier, so to speak. Um, So, the Sunday playing at the Tour Championship, you know, there's so much money in the line. It was weird for me because I think Aaron Wise might have been playing in the group in front of me. I was beating, I was beating the rest of these guys. My my focus was on the Presidents Cup trying to make that team, and I found myself more watching what these guys were doing the whole way than really worried about what I was doing and trying to play well so it was a it was a little bit of a tough day out there I still had a good finish I mean I finished 10th yeah I finished ahead of all of those guys and right when we finished I had a call for or Davis Lovett texted and wanted me to call him so I felt like it was a pretty good sign at that point and he told me right away that they weren't picking me they were picking Kevin Kisner so it was a tough one I mean look I mean I'm 33 you don't know how many of these situations I'll be in to make a team like this this was probably the best chance that I had. Um, so it was, it was tough to, uh, see that one on TV. Sure. I bet
1: in, in moving forward, you know, that conversation with Davis love, I mean, is it, is it something where, I mean, you gotta get over, you gotta move on, you gotta move past it, but is the communication such that, um, there's not a wedge driven between you and, and guys that are making that decision? I mean, is I understand.
3: It I mean, yeah, you look at a captain that's probably the worst part of their job i mean yeah. every year i mean it and if you're 15th 16th on that points list you've still had a great year so you can make a case for anybody that's up there so i i don't really hold anything against davis i really would have loved to be there but um i get why he did what he did um and i think that the guys on the team have a lot of say in who they want in the room as well yeah. so uh they went that direction which is totally fine you know but um i just got to play a little bit better so i'm not on that bubble, so yeah. to speak,
1: going forward. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I got another one teed up. I got a few. <laughs> Keep going. Augusta. Looking forward to getting uh, getting to Augusta. Yeah. Um. Because that'll be. It's you know, once we turn New Year, it's. I would imagine you guys start, you got players, but you start looking at.
3: I'm trying to find members that I can get out there early. So if you know any members. Mm, yeah, that uh, was uh, members. another question.
0: Do you get access? <laughs> with our with our wide reach here. We I can,
3: can go out five times, I think, before. But I've got to have a member host me to play mm. if I want to bring guests. I think I can go out on my own, play by myself. But if I want to bring some friends, which is fun. You know, last year we went and I took my dad and brother. Um, it was all of our first trips there. It was pretty cool to share that with them. Um, so You even brought Coach
1: Kennedy out right coach Kenny right. came to the
3: tournament yeah. yeah um or to
1: the tournament yeah
3: yep so yeah it's uh it's a spectacular place you know you mentioned Augusta. everybody asked me what it's like to describe it and it's one of the places really i mean it's hard to describe it's hard to put into words you know just how incredible the experience is there and what it's like because it's so unbelievable you know it's the, it's the one place where you have such high expectations for it and it exceeds all those expectations it's great
0: i've described it it's like disney world for golfers i mean there's just something to do something to watch every corner the the architecture of the golf course itself and it's been said the tv doesn't do it justice it doesn't let alone having to walk it and play it but we went in 2012 and i still i mean i remember it like it was yesterday and the other place is just amazing
3: What what I would would I would uh, go back to uh, your scramble would not make the cut there. (laughs) (laughs) It is I would agree with you. It is a it is a brutally hard golf course now, (laughs) and um, you know it's a tough walk with all the hills. How big it is, and it's just a real demanding week there. You know, I was I was worn out after the Masters this year, so um, you know certainly excited to get back and hope my game's sharp for this year. Yeah,
0: how about I just saw like this morning. They just completed an extended tee back on number 13. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. If they, I don't know even. a lot about
3: it, but I know they've been working on it. It was funny because, so I went and played in February uh, with my dad and brother, mm-hmm. and they made a lot of changes to 11 last year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I played practice rounds with uh, Jordan Spieth and Daniel Berger on Monday and Tuesday um, this last year. And that was the first time they had seen the 11th since the changes. You know, for me... It looked like that had been there for uh, uh, sixty years with the trees, but um, just incredible what they can accomplish in a real short amount (laughs) of time. Well, they
0: just started this a couple months ago with the with the. I remember they've they've had the
3: land for a while, they've done a lot uh, back there. I think the tee was probably the easiest thing for them to do, but um, it'll be interesting. You know, they made some changes to the fifteenth hole where they lengthened it last year. And and some of these guys that have played before didn't like it as much because it kind of took a little bit of risk reward out. You know, we played a few of the days into the, the wind; you really couldn't go for it, which yeah. um, kind of takes away from it takes away it. the
0: entertainment value as as well. Yeah, no. just for us on our couch. Yep, Absolutely. Critiquing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. so on TV, and those greens
1: actually, I think they look bigger on TV than someone did in person. Uh, 18 green to me on TV looks huge, and you get there, and it's like, okay, it's, it's not like a huge green, but my question is the shelves on those greens yeah. and how quick those greens get in the whole locations. I mean, is it literally sometimes you need to land the ball in a four-foot square?
3: For sure. I mean, I think of six, the par three is the one that really is like that. You know, they've got a shelf up in the top right that's a really yeah. small area to hit. Um, you've got kind of a lower left and then a back left, and you've got to be in those right areas, or putting is – a nightmare um and i mean you're standing back there with six iron seven iron so it's not like it's a short iron coming in there i mean yeah. it's a 190 yard shot trying to hit in those spots but um you know we played on monday and Jordan speed the comment this probably as firm and fast as he'd ever seen it on a monday there hmm. and we had quite a bit of rain that softened it so it wasn't quite up to the speeds they would normally have it for the tournament. i think this last year but um it was interesting you know i got a lot of the practice rounds just watching Jordan on the greens and where he would hit certain putts, you know, he wouldn't go directly at it. He'd play it up a big slope um, in a way. And I learned a lot that way just by
1: watching what he was doing around the screens. Some of it, do you have to embrace that? I mean, it's, it. you know, sometimes you hear uh, some of that would be Mickey Mouse golf, right? You got to hit it over here to get the ball to go over here. Do you have to have a mindset? You just go, hey, this is Augusta. I yeah. got to think out of the box here a little bit. Exactly.
3: I mean, it is interesting. I'd be curious, you know, if you had never played a tournament at Augusta. I think guys would be pissed when they leave there about right. some of the shots that you have to play. <laughs> yeah, But it's Augusta National, the history that's behind it, um, how incredible it is. But there's some wild shots for sure. You know, I had a pitch shot on the 18th hole in the second round. I missed the green left. The pin was kind of in the lower right section of the green. And I kind of had to play it up 30 feet left of the hole up into the backstop uh, way high and just have it kind of settle down about 10 feet and try to make a 10-footer because – um you know the advice i had got before mark brooks is a good friend of mine from fort worth uh, pga champion um he always said he's like he's like the best advice i can give you is just avoid the runaway trains and by that he meant always take the high lines you're never getting something going Mm -hmm. low with too much Mm -hmm. speed and it's going to get away from you sure you know if you keep on the high line it's always going to kind of keep working back towards the hole so you're just aware of a few things like that and um trying to limit the damage when you really get out of position. Yeah, that's remarkable.
1: It's fun to watch. Yep. A great tournament to watch, and then to have you yeah. you playing in it. It's uh, it's it's really special yeah. for our area yep. uh, to be able to have that opportunity to watch you play.
0: Absolutely. I
1: I have one more question that I know I have to ask. Okay. And then I'm huh? Shocker. And then I'm then then well then we got to talk about why he's in town. We yep. The yep. yeah. Yep. And this is going to pivot. Over. This yeah. is going to pivot right oh, okay. to it. I'm like way. I'm a polished <laughs> media. <laughs> On this program, oh yes, or program, a while back, we had this talk about if it was disappointments in, in golf, and, and one accomplishment that you didn't get to check off.
2: He knows what's coming, I think. The box.
1: He's, <laughs> <always> <laughs> He's out. <watching. laughs> it go, Maybe, I don't know, oh, is, a, is a North Dakota State high school championship. I Did said you it, think that's yeah. where I was going? Yes. Okay. Tom, thanks, for,
3: I, thanks for bringing that up. And I <laughs> so, said here, with,
2: there's no way he didn't win one. Because I, I, I just remember the Bruins, other than the Deacons, were dominant. Like, he had to have won one. He goes, no. I think, LJ, you even said it, no. You never
1: had one. Well, I uh, said... It uh, was your motivation to me in high school, because I never won one either. He's <laughs> like,
0: I know some good players, like, some yeah. great players that never won a high school state championship.
1: Yeah, every every May, is the, you know, actually... June, June probably, yeah. yeah. The the chin's hanging down. That final round at state, I, and I'm like, don't. Oh, yeah, there's good players that never won state. <laughs> kind of like the Russ Newman line between the four of us. We've got zero state titles. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. perfect. Yeah. So, I I'm saying no. This is this is high on his list. I still of think if you ever get a chance to ask Tom Hoey, I think he's he's disappointed that he didn't win a state title. Yeah. Where does this <laughs> rank in your in your golf disappointments? Is it in your top five?
3: Mm, that would be a tough one i mean i certainly look back and feel like i should have won one um you know i always put too much pressure on myself i would say at the state tournament and tried to perform my best then and um it was a good learning experience for me that that doesn't really work too well in golf you know so um but with that said i mean i would played well i finished second at least once i think i i think i was always in the top 10 somewhere so i had played okay it just whatever reason, wasn't meant to be there, but,
1: um, and when you thanks, were playing, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play to go <laughs> yeah. But there were some good players. I mean, when you were playing, Oh, there They're, were a lot of great
3: players. And, um, I know Ben Freeman was a teammate of mine that won yeah. my junior and senior year. Matt Rubis was another teammate that won our sophomore year. So it was, it was always teammates winning. So, uh, you were certainly happy for them and we always won the state championship. So, um, you know, I was always pretty happy
1: leaving those state tournaments. Yeah. And that, Parlays right into reason why you're in. Town. Yeah, the
0: reason why why you're here. I mean, you're getting inducted into the Fargo South Hall of Fame, which is, I mean, That's by awesome. any standards, amazing. So congratulations on Thank that. You. You're getting inducted along with your high school coach Steve Kennedy, who's my college coach. Um, so I was going to pick your brain a little bit if you had any crazy high school story. I know it's a little different. You're not spending as much time with with a high school coach versus a college coach. Yeah, you know, I
3: was trying to think of some stories coming back here. I guess. You know, first thing I think of when I'm being inducted in the Hall of Fame is I'm officially one of the old guys here now. <laughs> um, and and with that, I can't really remember any the, of these stories real well. But um, I don't have much for a coach, you know. All I can think of with coach is just the environment that he created there at Fargo South, you know, it's, it's it was so competitive. There were so many good players, but it was so much fun in practice every day. And he always made it fun and you had a smile on your face. And you know, I think he's done that all through Fargo South at NDSU now and just has that yeah. legacy, and he just has such a positive impact everywhere that he's been. Um, I wish I had some more stories uh, that could get to him because it would make it a little more interesting. I was going to say
0: him. the one that I, I think he brought up, and I don't know if it was the case with your your squad or if it was a different squad, but it was going into the state tournament and it wasn't looking great, and he picked out a FedEx truck that was driving by, and he said, that right there, that's a good sign, that FedEx truck. We're going to win this. And that was his like motivation through college. A FedEx truck? A FedEx truck. I hadn't heard so, that one. Um, no. It, it wasn't one of my
1: – we, we
3: we had big leads. I all, suppose, all yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys but, yeah, probably
1: uh, – Even over the Deacons at that time? Really? Pat Thomas yeah. and uh, I'm yeah, trying to think
3: yeah. who else was on the squad there. I, yeah,
1: Thomas I dom- dominated them. I'm hey, sure you guys did.
3: You have a very good team. <laughs>
2: we
0: got the payback in, in my so you years. So were
2: you
3: Andy's age? No, Andy would have been probably 10 years older than I was. Um, he kind of led the way for us uh, all. Then he had the group of Brandon Askew, Dave Schultz, Kane Hansen. Okay, yep. uh, that was, I always call them the dream team. Uh, that was like yeah. 2001, 2002 at Fargo South. Yep, yep. And I was, uh, 2007 was my graduation okay, year. So okay. a little bit later, but um, I, was, I was just with Coach Kennedy this morning and I was giving him crap because uh, my, my eighth grade year, I had to start on the intramural team at Fargo South. They wouldn't let you try out at all and I worked my way up I played one varsity tournament at the end of the year I shot 85 at Devils Lake looking back on it but um yeah he lost the state title that year if they would have won that it would have been 12 in a row that he would have had, had wow. in there. and I was like man you know he had a future PGA tour player the <laughs> yeah. to <laughs> he could uh, get him that's what he, he could <laughs> get on <him laughs> the line. Well, I remember was dad
2: good. introduced cuz we used to play pro ams with with coach Kennedy and and our our father and uh I don't know where we were but dad introduced um to a, another guy he's like yeah between coach kennedy and i we've won 15 state championships <laughs> in a row and he's Kennedy's like 14 <laughs> like, of them have been us the bruins yeah well you <laughs> didn't need what to what tell him bad. that yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: no that uh back to the fedex deal that was his he brought that up on my freshman year of college when we won conference and we were right along playing sand creek station in newton kansas middle of nowhere kansas and we drove down no we flew down there but then we saw FedEx deal and he was like that's it that's a good sign and then sure enough there's a whole train of FedEx cars that drive by <laughs> at the like, golf course at the golf course and it was just like there's that's it's all FedEx and so that whole week we were just jazzed up this is it This is mm-hmm. it. and sure enough it was blowing 45 miles an hour and six kids five kids from North Dakota just scraped together a couple good rounds and beat out denver together. it was
3: it was funny today because he was he made a comment that larry murphy's the most positive person he knows
0: i a hundred percent agree oh. with that it's i don't know funny. i don't
3: know if i've ever been even more positive than coach kennedy so i would mm. i would He's, have to debate that one
0: i i think i've seen him just because i think college kids can get in a little more trouble than uh, <laughs> than some of the high schoolers there have been some times at, at practices where it was like That was a little scary. I hadn't seen him like that before. We we did have one moment
3: that he got a little hot. Um, So my junior year, um, I don't think we had any other seniors, but Eric Galt was a big hockey player. I think he was down in Nebraska playing juniors, so he missed the first month or so of our season. And he came back. We always went to breakfast, uh, either Village Inn or Randy's, so we were at one of the the breakfast spots. I love Randy's. we, We were going to get in the van to go to the tournament then. And i had sat shotgun for the first month of the season mm. so i was just going and and we had a big standoff outside the car and i wasn't gonna back down and uh coach was pissed you know normally he's playing music the whole way oh yeah whatnot i think we we're going to grand forks and there there was not a word said the whole way up <laughs> to grand forks and mm. i think i think the team played incredible that day i think we shot under par as a team but um mm. that was our one
1: one sign of coach
3: kennedy like that That's-
1: Yeah. what i enjoyed about coach kennedy and i got to Um, well, I've known him from playing pro-ams with him. He's good friends with our, with our dad, your grandfather. Um, but, uh, watching him coach NDSU, he's not necessarily, he's not a swing technician. He's not going to jump into your golf swing. I probably in high school, he wasn't doing that as well, but he would use different techniques to get guys out of a funk. He might be walking down the fairway and it might be, let's, Hey, let's hum a tune. Or Yeah, just what song your, are you thinking about? You, yeah, And I really enjoyed the fact that he had different methods um, than maybe traditional coaching. Did, did you experience that in high school? I mean, he wasn't yeah, I mean, working on your golf swing in high school. Right?
0: That was kind of back in the time, though. That was back when the coaches played. And he, Grandpa yeah, was, that's, he was, yeah. they were. <laughs> they were first off. They'd they they be doing about two hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Best <laughs> gig in, in the world. No, but, but
3: I just think. You know, like you said, he would never jump in on and, and the technical side, but he just created an environment in practice where you're always playing match, playing the par three or chipping contests or putting in a real competitive environment. Um, but it was fun at the same time, still. Yeah, it's yeah,
0: awesome. that's talk about coach's way of of getting you out of a funk. And I wasn't necessarily in a funk, but my senior year at NDSU, final hole at conference, <laughs> I'm walking up 18. And he does the thing where he walks up with the seniors, final hole, all that good stuff. And we didn't really have anything to talk about. I think I just bogeyed uh, 17, and I was not down, but I think I was under par at that point. So I was trying to make a birdie coming back in, and I piped the drive down 18. And we were talking about a kid. He hit iron off of 18, and it was downwind. And it was like, why would you ever do that? So we were having fun that. Then it got quiet. Walking up the fairway, I got a 100-yard wedge shot left in. Final hole, NDSU career. He looks over at me, and he goes, hear what happened to Diesel? And he was my teammate, and he, he he was struggling that day. I said, no, coach, what happened to Diesel? He got the shanks on hole six. Oh, no. <laughs> I got a 100-yard wet shot left <laughs> in for my final approach shot in my college uh, career. Uh, He's telling me my teammate's got the shanks. He just somewhere. used the S word. yeah. yeah. He, uh, thanks, and that's a, dollar, that's a dollar swear word to him. That's a dollar in the swear drive if you say shanks. And he's up. He's got the. He's. I yeah, maybe he didn't say shanks. He said hazels or something like okay. that. But it was like, yeah, thanks. That's exactly what I wanted <laughs> yeah. to hear right before I hit this <laughs> wet bad. shot into the 18th. One, but, one, one other Kennedy story playing a pro am. I
1: don't know what how Dad set up the set this up, but he said, uh, I I looked over at Steve, and Steve always wore shorts these proams. Yeah, and he goes, Steve, I'm not saying your legs are skinny, but I. I just saw a wood tick crawling up your, crawling up your leg. And this requires a, a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 he did say that. I he hit that. Multiple times. Yeah, he man. might, he might have used that every round. <laughs> uh, <geez. laughs> that's good. So.
0: Yeah. He's a, he's a great, great man. Better coach. I mean.
1: Really neat that you did. two are yeah, getting get in there together. together. Congratulations. Yeah, cool. yeah, congrats. Congrats. Yeah,
0: congrats. yeah. That's awesome. there's Chucky, I mean,
1: we don't have we don't, don't have a team to pick this this nope, week. So no,
0: nope,
2: nope. we're not breaking anything down for this week.
0: Nothing. I mean the the next one's going to be the Hero World Challenge. So Tigers. Are you guys are
2: you
3: guys doing anything for the QBE week after? Think. I'll be playing there.
1: Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. We'll yeah. All right. We, do we need to throw this out? This is probably the last thing we need to talk about. You yeah. need to come clean on you and when Tom, I have him my ass, Yeah. Well, so I I went and confirmed. Because
2: last year, I had a knack of of putting in my lineup, and then you would, wouldn't play w- real well. So I'm like, I'm the jinx. And then when I didn't put you in, you'd play really well. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay away. <laughs> well, this okay. year, CJ Cup, I had you, and you played well. Yeah. Then, uh, so what I'm saying is, last year was a different deal.
1: This, this year, year,
2: the jinx is off.
1: So, I, Well, that's good news. Really good news. Oh,
2: yeah. i are <laughs> relieved to hear that. Yeah. So... Last, when we were prepping for this, I'm going, oh, I am the ultimate jinx for Mr. Hoagie. I'm not even going (laughs) to put him in lineups. But I've verified. You're not the jinx. I'm not the jinx. You're not the jinx. I'm okay. Now, you guys, every week, you're just throwing them in. You're not even looking at stats.
1: You've been doing that. I've pretty much. I Yeah, I had you early, a couple years ago, when people wouldn't. I mean, you were the best value pick out there. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. So, now... And, and I'm
2: more of the stats guy. So
1: I'm looking at those strokes gained when you're in
2: a top 10 strokes gained approach. I'm like, yeah, this course is set up for for Tom.
1: So I'm just pumping you in there.
2: i These guys Aaron are just, Nelson.
1: I'm, I'm a Texas. I, I like you in Texas. And yeah. anyways. So where's yeah. the event in a couple weeks?
3: Uh, down in Naples. It used to be the Shark Shootout. Obviously, he's been uh, asked not to show up this year. Sure. So <laughs> uh, the Sharkless Shootout this year. Okay. Sharkless. We're calling it. But um, partners who i playing with Sahi Gala. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah um so you had a I'm
0: great sure. week this last week yeah good
3: very good player him. so i'm excited to play with him and um you know i there's got to be something going on on DraftKings for that absolutely oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll be.
0: be we'll be covering it so that's exciting i guess and my last thing i want to touch on i said i was going to bring it up we almost touched on it when we talked about vegas but oh. get into the the crap strategy mark and i we got into the craps tables and in Vegas, you're more of a roulette guy. I don't know what you're. Well, I like craps. You, you too. get into craps. Yeah. I guess we hammered at my 21st birthday down yep. there. We were yep. Yep. living at the bubble craps. But you talk about, you know, obviously there wasn't necessarily exact correlation, but you're a craps guy. Do you have a certain strategy where it's like that's a fail safe? I'm always playing. I probably have a fail
3: safe way to lose. I mean, (laughs)
1: well, we all, the table gets cleared for every one of us. Yep. No matter what. No, I just,
3: I do the same thing over and over. I place even numbers on the craps table. So four, six, eight, and 10. And I just Mm -hmm. wait, hopefully, catch a long roll. Catch a Um, long shooter. That's that's the name of the game, I guess. You know, Mm -hmm. the funniest story I had with that was uh, 2018. uh, First year I was playing really well. I played well in Hawaii. We were down at Scott Hamilton's week after Bay Hill. Um, I was just seeing him for a day and heading home, and I was with my wife Kelly on a Monday. And I was like, hey, we should go to Vegas Thursday through Saturday. I've never been there for the NCAA basketball tournament. I've Mm -hmm. always wanted to go, but it's crazy. It was sweet 16 week then. So we could get there, watch the games Thursday, Friday, we're out. And... uh, she said absolutely not, which is pretty smart of pretty smart of her. I'll give her that. But that Friday night, I was getting videos and all that stuff. So Gavin Maloof has become a good friend of mine out there. They used to own the Sacramento Kings, the Palms. He's at Bellagio three hundred days a year, probably playing craps. But um his girlfriend rolled for four hours that night. Oh, What? My God. We would have we would have been long. We would have been there with them. It was the longest roll in the history of Nevada. Wow! Oh my god! I was getting videos. Everybody going nuts at the table. Four uh, hours. Yeah, I was like, well, I should probably quit the game after that. I could have been, I could have been (laughs) there, and I wasn't. And uh, yeah, they uh, there were some big six figure wins on that table that night, and um, it's the the stuff you dream of as a craps player. And I missed it for a while. We were. Fifty minutes 50
0: between the minutes two of east? us. Shoot, yeah. I'm just hoping for twenty minutes. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but yeah, four hours. There was a lot going on in between. There a big story, but yeah, um, yeah. but regardless, I think he said he started with sixty dollars on a six or eight. To start the roll, and he had eighteen thousand on it when it's seven dollars. Oh my god! So you think wow. about how many numbers you're rolling at the time? Wow,
0: four, four hours. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, <laughs> hopefully everyone gets their chance at a long roll. Yeah, out in Vegas. But I don't know. That's about, that's about all that I got. I don't yep. know if you guys got any stragglers coming in. But No, uh, nothing. That's big
2: thank you, Tom, yeah, for spending time. And maybe, uh, I know, Mark, you're going to maybe have him hit a shot at Pebble if you had time to quickly use the technology.
3: Uh-oh. putting the pressure on me? You'd mention oh, that. Well, yeah. yeah,
2: this thing out here, this golf venue yeah, we got, Mark. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to hit a driving range find so, <laughs> The joke is usually we do this in the morning, Tom, and our cleaning crew are out there moving tables. We equate that to the greens, like crew, yeah. grounds Being crew, mowed, mowing, mowing the greens. And I mean, blowing the leaves yep, it's off. It's consistency. Stuff. You'll hear it out there. Although they did it early this morning, they got they got yeah. the course ready to go.
3: That and you're kind of like the you know the rules officials testing out the whole locations once they finally forgot out. Oh, yeah, there you go.
1: That too. Yeah. No, I was going to challenge you. I think I think that w- we might have had a couple beers last night where we were talking about that. We did. Eighty-seven yard shot, pebble number seven, but we're going to do it at eight iron.
3: The question is, what's what's the adjustment for uh,
1: twenty seven degrees outside here? <laughs> I might need it's an eight iron an- <laughs> to get it there. Eighty seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, we really thank you coming in uh, here to Sweet Shots and uh, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, the community takes pride in in a lot of what happens in the in this region sports wise, yeah. and uh, just know, and I I, mean, I hope you feel it, this this, this uh, community and regions behind you. We're really happy for you, and, and uh, everything you get is deserved. So congratulations. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Exactly. Thanks a so bunch. Yeah, it's been yeah, fun, guys.
0: All right. We'll uh, catch you next time. Again, no, no uh, tournament to go over this week, but next week we'll get right back at it. So thanks again. We'll catch you, catch you next week.